is up, everybody? Welcome into episode 21 of All Say This with Chris Castellani. I am your host, Chris Castellani. Uh, and I am joined today, first of all, happy Memorial Day to the people who are listening to this, probably on a Tuesday, so it's probably a moot point because I'm wishing you a, a, a happy holiday for a day that existed yesterday, but that's beside the point. I am joined today by a friend of mine and uh, somebody who I really appreciate and respect, a person who I, I feel like it, the Barstool community might not know this. Before Barstool, the podcast that I was on was Locked On Tigers and the Locked On Podcasting Network. And the guy who took over that job, and I was very grateful, uh, took over that job and has done a wonderful, uh, has done wonderful stuff with that. Uh, is my friend Scott Bentley, who joins us, the host of Locked On Tigers. Scott, how you doing, man? How's your Memorial Day? How you feeling? Uh, you know what? I'm 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 feeling better today, maybe than I did over the weekend. Had had a fun weekend. Um. But uh, but yeah, no, you you just shot me a text. Really, hey, you want to be on? Yeah, sure. Yeah. I was literally prepping for my own show, and I was like, yeah, I can do two. Why not? For sure. And I will I will definitely make sure to link to Locked On Tiger stuff to make sure that people. I love that network, and obviously you're you're doing a great job. But well, I mean, we we talk Tiger stuff all the time, and I'm gonna jump into that because this is a team. In fairness, as frustrating as they've been, and I've listened to your show, and I've listened to your frustration, and that frustration has been echoed throughout the fan base. This is a team that's won four out of five. Today was a weird one, though, because that was it, it. Seven runs is, I mean, that's a good game. It felt like the 98 Yankees compared to what we've had to watch like throughout this entire season, right? It's the most runs they've scored since uh, Miggy's 3,000th hit game, I believe, on April 23rd. But I want to open with a question that um, I've, it's something I've talked about on here before, but I want, I want, I want your insight here, which is, uh, the construction of the roster is pretty foobard and guys have underachieved, but I also believe this offense is better than how they've performed. Do you share that sentiment as well? Because there are major league players on this team that I feel like I've seen be good in the past that have underperformed throughout this season. Do you kind of share that belief as well? Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. And, it, and it's really, it's difficult and, and frustrating is absolutely the word. And I, I don't want to be like, we're almost in June. Like, I don't want to be yeah. the, the, Oh, like just wait guy anymore. I said this on my show last week. I was like, I, I don't want to be the dude that, that consistently is telling everybody, Oh, just wait. Like it'll come around. Like, you know, we're two months into the season, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of hard to continue to be that, that, the patience guy but at the right. same time there is that like javi for as much heat as he gets and and the dude could not lay off a low and away slider if right. you know his life depended on it right now that he, he's always been a free swinger and he's always been better mm -hmm. than this so like he, he will he will come around he will improve uh meadows i'm when he comes back hopefully everything it sounds like is kind of stepping in the right direction with yeah. him He's been seeing the ball well, but I'm sure the power will come back for him. Scope already see kind of turn it around. Jamer has been hot and cold. Like there are, I mean, Torkelson's not going to be a 600 OPS guy forever. Yeah. Um, the the outfield as a whole, like there's just yes, I I completely agree that um, there's no way I, I I truly still even now as we head into June cannot possibly imagine that this is the level that this offense is like talent wise at. I'm with you. And I was, t I was talking to a few people about this offense, because I think 
Memorial Day is a very good checkpoint, I feel like. And obviously sure. there's exceptions like, okay, the Nats were 19 and 32 a few years ago. But I think generally speaking, like uh, Memorial Day is kind of an instance in which you're like, all right, we kind of know what what this team has. And I was on a, a, a Twitter spaces with um, – with uh, Justin Spiro last week, and we were talking about this offense, and and Dave Schoenfeld, who who um writes for ESPN, once wrote a blog about how the Seattle Mariners, I think in two thousand ten, had the worst offense of all time, well, according to him, not statistically. Right. That team averaged three point one seven runs per game. This is a team that, as of a few days ago, averaged two point seven one, like well below you know that that you know kind of grade at that point. So like I'm with you because I think. All of us were looked at this team coming into the year. And we're like, all right, um, there there is something here. I kind of like this lineup. Now, I also, and it's sad for a 77-win team, think last year's team was bizarrely lucky. Like, the fact that they got the years they got out of Badu and Jamer and Scope, like, uh, it was it, it was strange the way that those guys came along. And even guys like Jake Rogers, before they got injured, were playing um, good baseball. But the question I've tried to figure out, and I'll ask you, uh, because I, I've I've talked to incredibly smart people who have like scratched their heads about this. I have this theory that the Tigers are just not good at developing hitters. Like, yes, there's an exception or two here or there, but when you look post mid '80s, you you can go with Granderson, sure. And if you want to give him credit for fixing J.D. Martinez, fine, though I think that's kind of there's a gray area there. Right? I think that was more J.D. <laughs> I'll give it to him out of sympathy. But Travis Fryman, sure. But even guys like Granderson, Granderson was better with the Yankees than he was with the Tigers, right? Obviously, short porch and right field you know, made a big difference. But my, my question is just because I've tried to figure it out. Do you know what it is that's led to this organization struggling so much to develop position players through their organization. Cause I don't, I don't know what the deal is. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, it's been, it's like you said, it's been a problem for decades. I, I yeah. mean, in, in our lifetime, it's like Granderson and Castellanos and like, that's it. And even honestly, I, I even hesitate kind of counting Castellanos. A lot of people yeah, get mad no, at me about I, that. I, do too. I, 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 cause I had people in my, in my mentions being like, what about Eugenio Suarez? Like, Eugenio Suarez started like 40 games here. Like that means him hitting 40 home runs with another team means nothing to me. I'm sorry. Like you could say they developed them and that's fine, but no, I'm, I'm with you. I don't, I just can't figure out exactly what, what the magical elixir is that's leading to this team being unable. And obviously like the big thing is woke America's, a, you know, pitchers park fine, but like, you know, so is San Francisco. And I can still think of, Pablo and Buster Posey and Brandon Bell and Brandon Crawford. Like, I, I think there's something internally that is an issue. And what's b- bizarre is, as much as we're like, you know, I'm not going to say haters, but as, as negative as we are towards Alavila, this exists well beyond his tenure too. Like it goes to Dombrowski and Randy Smith. Like it, it feels like Dombrowski. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it, it's it's a bizarre thing, and I I wish I could put a finger on what it is exactly that's kind of um the problem. And I I do you have any idea. I really I I just scratch my head about it. Like I, I no, and and it you know some of it I'll I'll, I'll give to. Dombr- the style of GM that Dombrowski was, was trade yeah. anybody in the system that had right. any yeah. semblance of value. Right. So like 
There is a, a little bit, I guess, with that. Uh, but even you look at the prospects he did trade away. Like, it's not like any of them really became, like, too terribly much. And, sure, we didn't have good draft picks. That's a really lame excuse to me in baseball. People are drafted in the second, third, you know, 67th round, like, all the time. And, and you know, <laughs> turn into people. Like, that's doesn't really mean anything to me either. So, it really is it, fascinating. And, and like you, I've asked tons of, of, of people that are much smarter than I am. And I, I have not gotten a, a legitimate answer. And, and I'm sure everybody has an opinion on it. And, and one of those opinions might be right, but I'm not sure that, that anyone knows it is truly a, a, a mystery that they could write like books about like, yeah, it's, like the, it's, it's unbelievable. It's because there's other teams, teams that are like bad that get over 30 years, two or three guys where it's like, okay, that's a guy. Um, I got to point this out because I know how the internet works. We might be wearing the same shirt right now. And just for people who are, are wait, what's your, what is it's a, it's a blue. It's just a, pl- Oh, okay. Oh, you, have, you have the second. Da- okay. I just saw, I just saw the go. top. Of it. <laughs> All right. So for people, this was not color coordinated, but I just, I know, I know how the internet. Yeah, Chris texted me and said, Hey, wear a blue shirt too. Would you go? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm so glad we're wearing the same shirt today, Scott. That's why I'm going to have you on the show. No, but hey, going, going to more towards the positive here. Um, I, I'm, I'm happy and it makes my job easier because I, you know, but even beyond that is, um, the job Chris Fetter's done and kind of on the flip side of what has happened with the position players. Um, I'm trying to figure out what it is that makes Fett so special because as bad as this team has been this year, when you look at the runs they've scored and, and like how inconsistent, I mean, they've been consistently inconsistent. The offense has been, you could argue they should have a worse record. I mean, this was it like, I, I brought it up earlier in, in the show already. They scored seven seven runs on Monday. That's the most they've scored in a month and a half. I mean, we're, we're talking a long stretch. I guess on the flip side of kind of what's happened with the hitting, what do you think it is about Fed that has this team pitching with so much confidence? Because I think we obviously go to stuff like the video elements and spin rates, but what do you think it is? What's kind of the, the magic mix that makes him a guy that, uh, has pitchers pitching really well and has guys pitching with a lot of confidence. Yeah. So, so those are the the two big ones is just, you know, how, how analytical he is and, and mm-hmm. spin rate and stuff like that for sure. But I, I think one of the pretty clear developmental points that he instills in every young pitcher is you will throw strikes. You will, yeah. that is not negotiable. <laughs> you will throw strikes. And <laughs> Some days you're going to get rocked, but if you're throwing the ball in the strike zone, I am okay with you getting rocked every, every couple of times out. You, I mean, we see like Scooble early on in his career, like last season, right? Early on last season, a lot of fastball. This year throws the slider more than the fastball even. Yeah. Mize, like we see him pound the zone. Matt Manning, his first couple of, st- I mean, still really, but his first two months, he was throwing like 70% fastballs and just trying to get in the strike zone. Like it is it. And we, you know, Fiedo again, like mm-hmm. he established that and then threw in the slider after a couple of starts. And then we got like the 17 whiff game or whatever. Like it is, it is so apparent that when he gets a young pitcher, like in, in his realm and, and he's able to, to 
do the development and, and teach him what to do and tell him what to do next. The first thing in development is you will throw strikes. You will not beat yourself by walking people. And then after you have established a, a comfortability with throwing strikes and pounding the strike zone, then we will take the next step. And that next step will be the huge step that takes you to, you know, like we're seeing with Scooble, just like yeah. new heights. And um, that I, I think is probably the bit for starting pitching, especially is, is easily uh, the biggest thing for me. I'm with you. And I mean, one thing I just, I love about scuba and really some, my favorite pitchers in baseball is just, you know, it's an old adage and they talk about it on the broadcast, but it is true. Getting ahead, just strike one. Like I think that confidence in a pitcher stems from the ability to get ahead in counts. I do think one thing about Fetter too, that's kind of uh, ignored is I think he has uh, a psychological grasp on these guys as well, where I think he's willing, he's very willing to talk to them, figure out what's working, figure out what's not. And you can see with certain pitchers that they adjust mid game uh, based on kind of what he's, he's throwing out there. And it's, 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 it is exciting. And I mean, I, I give the, the job they've done with these guys, a lot of credit. I mean, I think Sunday's game was like a prime example of that, where you had Elvin Rodriguez, who you figured would get rocked four scoreless gets injured because of course, I mean, literally the injuries and this, I'm not even making a joke. The injuries are so bad that our first base coach can't like stay healthy at this point. Yeah. Like, it's yeah. Like, it's he gets injured after four innings. You go to Willie Peralta, who, if you would have told me two years ago, Willie Peralta would have a sub one ERA with this team. Like what? <laughs> that, that's um, a conversation we've had before too, where you and I were just like, Willie Peralta, I guess is just the man. I guess that's just like, and it's bizarre because his pitch data is good. And like the splitter is just filthy. I, I just think they the found the up. Yeah, and he's throwing 97. Where did that come? I remember For him fun. with the Brewers. It was like 92, 93, and now all of a sudden. Last like, year when he was starting, it was 91. Now it's, you know, 96 for fun. Yeah, and, and that brings up one guy I wanted to talk about because he did give up a run. It was an unearned run because the Tigers had a shortstop playing left field on Monday. But um, I'm under the belief, I think Alex Lang has the potential to be a top five to 10 reliever in the entire sport. And I, I, wa I wanted to ask your opinion on him because that's outside of the, like a rare, as I've said, a rare Al Avila W where you get half a year of Castellanos for, you know, however many years of Alex Lang, I guess just, I, I want, I wanted to kind of get, get your thoughts on him as a pitcher, because I, I get like Kimbrel vibes with that fastball uh, or curveball combo of his, you know, coming out of, of LSU. I mean, what, 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 what's your assessment of him so far? Cause I've been extremely impressed by what I've seen. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's impossible not to be. And, and the first thing, like just unbelievable vindication. Like I take a victory lap. Cause this is a dude that like, when he was, when he was in the minors, like I, I was, I was screaming his name from, from the mountaintops and like, probably not as a starter, but like, you know, he's yeah. like the stuff is, is, is just so nasty. And, uh, even last year when he got called up, you know, for most of the year, he was up and down and, and had like a seven ERA, but like when he was hitting spots, it was unhittable. And this year has just really seemed to put it all together. And, and he does still have, you know, some stuff to work on with command and, yeah. and, but the mechanics I think have, have improved tenfold in the last calendar year. Um, and like you said, I, I think the biggest thing is the the tunneling with everything like no one tunnels better in this bullpen than Alex Lang it's it, if he's hitting spots 
It's fastball. It's like uh, the the curveball, and his changeup today was ninety two and was unhittable. Brutal. Yeah. It, it's it's unreal. If if you throw, then you can tunnel it wherever you want to tunnel it at the knees. Okay, well this is either ninety seven at your knees for a strike. It's either ninety one that's going to look like that's fastball, but it's going to end up at your ankles, or it's going to bounce on home plate as a curveball, and and it's just a guess. Like it's it's straight up just a guess in the batter's box. So. Um, this is a, a dude that I've been so high on for so long. And if he can just continue to keep the walk numbers down, he's going to be lethal. And and honestly, I think the, the sky's the limit. I'm with you. I, I see like, yeah, he's, and obviously saves are a weird stat now because it, for sure. relievers are used differently. Uh, but I see like 35, 40 saves like in the future for him. Yeah. I mean, I, I trust him about as much as anyone, um, in that pen going back to, cause I, I don't want to just focus on tiger stuff that I, I do want to ask you some, some other things, but going back to the negative here for a second, look, the fan base is unhappy. I mean, we're unhappy. It's been a disappointing season. Let's say this team ends and I'll, I'll be generous here. And Hey, Hey, you know what? They've won four out of five. This all be nice. Let's say this is a 72 win team at the end of the year. What, and, and people are going to be out for blood. Understandably, I mean, this is that will be what six consecutive years with a losing record. Most of them, you know, at the the bottom of the barrel. In your opinion, what would be the acceptable change? Is it as simple to you as you let go of the GM, um, or do you feel like there needs to be more of an overhaul regarding the way that you know things are they're going about things in, in the front office? Yeah, you know, it, it's hard because last year. If you would have asked me who called the shots, I would have said AJ Hinch. I would not have said that Alavila had like too terribly much, you know, control yeah. over um, what what was going on. And and you know, he's still the general manager. I'm not going to say he was just sitting there doing nothing. But like, I, I, I like Hinch came in and they did kind of overhaul everything. They they were they were gutting coaching staffs in single A after Hinch came in. Like they, you know what Bizarre, I mean? They, they, yeah, they flipped a lot. And I think, you know, if, if you say 72, honestly, I, I genuinely think if this team finishes with 72 wins that Avila is going to get another season. That's what and, yeah, they run it back because of the pitching injuries. I felt the right. same. I and think you might be say, right. You now. know what? Injuries. There's no way they get off to that bad of a start again. Full year of green, like full year of torque now, already having a year under his belt. Yeah. Like that. I I think they they run it back with him if they can get into that even low 70s win total. Um, and the other one that's interesting to me, I don't think Chris Fetter's changed my opinion on this a little bit, but I I tend not to think that individual coaches have too terribly much of an impact on like day-to-day yeah. everything, but mm-hmm. Scott Coolball, I mean, if they get 72 wins and the offense gets hot, that's a different conversation, but it's weird to me that everyone in the coaching staff, except for him and Ramon Santiago, like left when Hinch came in, yeah. but, but he decided to keep Coolball, who had just come in one year before. Like that was a, that was, it was interesting to me that that's the person he chose to keep. And obviously he's like the big name that everybody wants, you know, mm-hmm. gone right now. And I'm not sure it would make that much of a difference currently, but um, that that's certainly one. I, I just, if they, if they reach, you know, low 70s, 72, 73 wins, 
I don't think too much is going to happen. I agree with you, and it's what scares me. I mean, obviously, I think my here's my guess is let's say it is 72 and 90. It's cool ball becomes sacrificial lamb, and you run it back with everybody else. And I'm not, for the record, somebody who's like, you know, I, I love AJ and I love Fett. So I'm like, I'm not saying like get rid of them. I do think when you look at the lifespan of a hitting coach in baseball, it's like two and a half to three years. Yeah, so I think sure. that would be so easy to be like, all right, you're gone. But, and, and that's fair. I mean, the team does not hit the baseball. They, you know, outside and they scored seven runs on Monday, but in general, it's one the worst offense in baseball right now. Um, I think that would be such an easy, like scapegoat. Um, but would, as, which is why it'll happen. <laughs> right. Exa- right. But at the same time, like, Throughout his career, we talked about it earlier, when has Javi Baez not chased sliders a foot off the plate? It's just, it's, in general, he's found a way to be bizarrely successful with it. And a lot of these players who last year had good years um, have fallen off the map uh, for the most part. And it's led to, you know, the the season uh, that this team has had uh, so far this year. I, I, it scares me though, because I compare it to, I don't, I, can't stand when you know you have a dead man walking. I'm not even talking about cool ball. I'm, I'm talking more so about Avila. When you have a dead man walking and you bring it back for one more year, it's like, what? why are we doing this? Like, you know how this ends. Like, you have the Lions background right there. It reminds me so much of year three of Matt Patricia, where it's like, yep. you know this guy is a bum. He's not good at his job. The players don't play for him. He's not a likable personality. He's not a very good coach. And you well, run it back. With all- it's, it's very, no, it's very similar to that. At least... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna defend the guy. At least you could make the argument that Osmus, though I think the roster made up for it, had did have success that first year with the division for title sure. team with a guy like Patricia. It's like you, you know, everyone hates this guy. Like, and of course, you get nine games in, they get popped on Thanksgiving, and they fire his ass. Like, of course, like it was game one. Game one, they blew like Mitch Trubisky was looking like Hat Mahomes. And it's like, okay, well, that's, that's, that's the season. So I want to, I want to actually pivot a little bit. I want to talk about you locked on stuff has been uh, aired. The advertisements have been aired on 97.1 and you got skewered by a certain radio host um, in this state. Uh, And we talked about it on uh, when we hung out on opening day, I guess, you know, I, I, I'm not sure your opinion. I think Mike Valenti is insanely talented. Um, You know, he, Cut you to shreds. I, I'm interested. I want to know your mindset because I think one thing about you that I think uh, that I've always liked that I think is substantially better than me is I think you're way better at letting things roll off your back. I mean, you hear, I mean, it was like a 10 minute segment of like him going at you. What were your emotions going through that? And how did you feel kind of in the aftermath of it? Yeah. So uh, basically what happened, um, I was, chilling <laughs> that was yeah. off was was uh the the tigers i don't think we're playing yet uh so it was before a tiger game so i didn't have any stuff to do with the show uh and i, I wasn't writing that day I, I do stuff for the detroit news too and I, I wasn't doing anything that day for them so uh i, I was just chilling and, and all of a sudden on twitter i just started getting a lot of like mentions yeah. on twitter like so and so mentioned you and i was like who some of these people don't even follow me like who are these people and uh and people are are saying like 97 one is tearing you to shreds right now and i was like what the i i haven't listened tonight like i 
I feel like most people in this industry, our development with 97.1 is like in middle school and high school, you love it. And then when mm -hmm. you get like older, maybe you tail off. And then once you hit like dad age, you love it again. Like, I feel like <laughs> that's, that's, that's like, a fair arc. That's a really like, good way to put you know, it. Yeah. Like people in their, in their twenties and thirties don't really listen to it. But if you're in like middle school and high school or like a grandparent, you love it. So like, I, I was like, I, I haven't listened really like, like legitimately listened to 97.1 in a while. Uh, but you know, growing up, I used to love Mike because yeah. who, who didn't when they, yeah. if they wanted yeah. to be this when they were younger. Um, and yeah, it, he, uh, they, they started off the top of an hour after an ad break, just like 10 straight minutes of just laying into me. And it was a long was, time. Yeah. Right. And, and it was because like you said, my, my show has ads on 97 one and my ad on that show uh, was very like monotone, like it correctly, like called out incredibly monotone and, uh, like no inflection in my voice, like not exciting at all. Um, when I recorded it, whatever, two, three weeks prior, um, it was, I like, I, I locked on and said, Hey, record the ad. And I said, okay. Uh, and then the day I was recording it, like I had a migraine, it was like midnight and I was like, okay, like, let me just pump this out. Cause I kind of have to, and I didn't put my heart into it and I should have, and that's completely on me. That's, that's, that's my fault. Um, but the interesting thing then came, like you said, after when everyone is just like, like ripping into me and, and then my show, all the comments on, on my Cause you know, we're on YouTube now. And so people can leave comments for every individual episode. And some of them are like, call back to it all the time. And they're like, Oh, well, you know, th this somebody, well, one time somebody was like, from, from minutes here to here, you had about as much enthusiasm as you did on your 97 one ad or whatever, like people, you know what I mean? Like, it's oh, just yeah. like the thing. And, and I tweeted out right after I, I texted my, my higher up at, at the network first off and was like, Hey, can I redo this? And he was like, sure. So I did. Um, and then I tweeted out, I was like, okay, everybody calm down. I redid the ad and, <laughs> uh, and, uh, and I, I forget the producer's name, but Valeni's producer at 97 one, um, he, he retweeted it and everything. And like, it was a, uh, it was an inside joke and, and he did. I have uh, my my co-host at uh, Locked On Red Wings that I also do yeah. uh, works for ninety seven one. So like he like right. kind of knows all those guys, and and he was like, yeah, like Mike obviously didn't mean anything by it, and they don't yeah. really want to talk about it like you can. And I was like, really not that big of a deal. Um, but the the one lingering thing, it was definitely like a rush of anxiety in the moment because I was like, damn, mm -hmm. <laughs> like I am getting cooked for something i did three weeks ago um <laughs> that i i didn't think would be this big of a deal like i've never heard anyone on 97 one comment on a commercial before and like here we are yeah. um and no i mean it it got me to do a better ad and i do admit that the first ad was you know not great uh but there's definitely some of the some of the lingering i i think it's just some people take that kind of like they did lay into me and uh and i think some people take that and like run like mob mentality you know and like oh for sure I, like, I, oh I, like 
Mike Valeni's laying into this dude. Uh, now it's my turn and I get to, and it's going to be super funny. And Mike Valeni's going to love me, even though he doesn't know I exist. And I'm just going <laughs> to lay into this kid, th- yeah. this, this early twenties kid that, you know, 20 years older than Valeni or younger than Valeni. Yeah. I'm going to lay into him about how terrible of a job he's doing because Mike Valeni did. And like, you know, he, it was, uh, it was that, that's, that's what happened. And, and, I got to redo the ad. I just redid another one. Uh, not redid, but I just did a new one that'll air, I'm sure, on the radio network soon. Mm. Um, but I hope they yeah. talk about it. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> that that's what I, I I almost put in there in the new ad. I wanted to put like and you know, and on this show we're super enthusiastic. Like I wanted to put that in there, but <laughs> I, I decided against it. Um, but yeah, it, it was it was definitely, you know, gave me the the kick in the pants and you know, the mindset of like, yeah. hey, no matter how People don't care how bad of a day you're having when you record. They don't. They, their Fair. content is their content, and and they come to you for, for, um, you know, enthusiasm and, and an enjoyable listen. And they don't care if you, you know, ha- have a headache or are having a bad day or something happened in your life. Like nobody cares. Like you, mm-hmm. that's your job. So, it, it definitely changed my mindset with that to kind of realize that. Um, but it, it certainly is something that I, I'm sure I will hear about for uh, for maybe the rest of my career in, in some circles. That that it, possibly so, but I guarantee you it helped you grow, like not just in terms of popularity, but just like as a broadcaster. Like I think, yeah. it, 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 there's a weird thing with him. I've never met him, and, and so I, I'm not going to speak on it. But I do think that there is a weird. There's a high standard he holds himself to, and he holds other people to. For sure. Um, and all like I think probably it did make for a better product. And and there were a lot of people tweeting at me, being like, "Oh, what a dick!" And even in the time, I'm like, "Was he doing this?" I do think it comes from a place of like you can be better. I know you can be better, and so no, I and think, he said on air he was like i hope i hope the kid gets like a million downloads and he's super successful but like yeah the the only part that that bothered me again was like he knows he has the ability to rile up troops and at one point they were legitimately like pointing and laughing and like talk you know what i mean like talking about it in that when you when the the, the ones the ones who don't understand like they can't pick up on the joke you know what i mean right Exactly. Um, and it, and it, it, it was, it was very much like I, I, again, I was offered to like talk to him about it. And I was like, no, I'm really, well, were you really, wow. Um, like it's, it's, it's not that big of a deal. I promise it's not that big of a deal. I'm yeah. very okay. Um, and, and like I said, it got me to, to kind of have that realization that, mm. um, you, you know, for 30 minutes or for that one was a 30 second ad. Like I, I could have yeah. had a, been having a good day for 30 seconds, then went back to being miserable. You know what I mean? Like that's a, that's, Fair. that's yeah. a, a mindset that I didn't have at the time that I definitely grew from, but yeah, it's just the, that's all, that's all that really came from. It was just the, the people that are, you know, devoted, like Valenti fans just, you know, took it over. I got some crazy DMS that I'm not even going to say on here. Cause they were really like, like stuff that you would never say to, to another person's face. Like just like course, really yeah. unhinged, like, <laughs> like and- way over the line, way too dramatic. Like this was not that big of a thing. Um, and so, yeah, it's just, that, that was, that was the only thing, but as far as like, I, I have no, I have no issue with, with of anybody course. at that, at that, uh, radio station and certainly is you know not not anything came from that not any like beef or anything came from that it was it was just a 
an interesting couple of days for sure. And, and, and in fairness, those I'm sure those DMs, it's just that's not a Valenti thing. People do that with every fan base. No, like correct. I love, yeah, I love no. Barstool and I love Absolutely. working at Barstool. And, you know, I don't like people who are so like overly anti Barstool. You get the same tweets of people who are like, you just, you have no gauge on For like sure. so social awareness and understanding when something is trying to be tongue in cheek and when it isn't. Oh, we're going to pivot here because I want to give, I want to do, it's not so much a quick round necessarily, but just a few quick questions. Um, sure. Ben a Detroit sports fan your whole life, and you are welcome to include college teams here. Favorite Detroit slash Michigan sports memory as a fan? Ooh. Um, well, man, there's a lot. Um, I, I think the, when the, the play that my brain first went to when you answered, when you asked that was uh, the Maglio Homer. Um, yeah. I remember everything about that night. I'm sure that's a fairly common answer, but I, I was, um, I remember watching it on the foot of my parents' bed at eight years old and on like a tiny little, like 12 inch grainy TV that we had. Um, and I, yeah, I remember jumping around and, and like my parents started crying and I was like, I don't like, this is magnitude. Right. Cause we had yeah. been bad for so long. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so, so that's definitely one that sticks out, but I, I think the other one also tigers is I was at that same postseason uh, again. So I would have been eight years old. I was at the Jeremy Bonderman Yankees playoff game game four. Right. Yeah. And I, and I was brilliant. My, my yep. parents had like one tickets in like a raffle. And I was like, if you can rewatch the game on YouTube, you can see eight year old me behind home plate the entire oh, really? game. I'm like, I'm like 12 rows up in between my mom and dad. And uh, so that, I mean, you know, series clinch against the Yankees, Bonderman shoves, Joel Zamaya like jumps on the dugout, like right, like, in, you know, in front of me, everybody's doing laps around the park. That that's one that um, I, I will also certainly never forget, but there's, I mean, there's, there's so many, honestly, just, you know, Michigan finally being Ohio state last year is definitely that one. Yeah. That well, one. well, well up there. For that me. stands out that, that week, that week stands out to me too. For that sure. one, I always yeah, I'm go sure you, I know you had a big, big week that week. For yeah. sure. No, it was, um, I mean, like every time I was hanging out with Anthony for he did a barbecue on Sunday and we still are like, dude, you remember when we beat Ohio State? Like it was, it's such a big deal. Um, favorite, because you're a huge sports guy, but I know you're a media consumer. We all are. Favorite movie of all time. Ooh, that's that's so like my media. I, I have I have you and then I have another really close friend of mine that are like super I'm going to use the word analytical. You can tell me if that's the wrong word of movies and like, like analyze movies for movies. Right. That's fair. And the quality of like film that they are. When I watch movies, I sit there and I'm like, did I feel like I wasted two hours or not? (laughs) Like if the answer is no. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Then like, that's, that's like the extent of my like movie knowledge. Um, so most of my movies are sports related. That's fair. Uh, like Moneyball is, I, I can name every line from Moneyball. That's, you know, I, I have my, my gripes with it, but as a whole is, is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, non-sports ones, The Departed will always be up there. Good pick, man. Yeah. For me. Yeah. Um, and uh, 
I actually have, I have an app on my phone. I'm just now remembering. I haven't touched it in probably like six months. That's an issue. Uh, but I have an app on my phone. I think it's called Juxtaposer. And you basically put in every single movie. You like you enter a movie and then it just creates a database of all the movies that you've seen. And then it comes up and goes, would you rather watch this movie or this movie? And then you pick it hmm. and then it ranks your like, like how much you like the you know, whatever. These are your top 20 movies yeah. of all time based on how you answered. You'd rather like which one you'd rather watch. And The Departed, Moneyball, and I think Shawshank Redemption are like the three that are like really, really high up there for me. So when it comes to non-sports movies, I'm super like basic. It's just like, oh, the really good ones. But, no, 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 that's fine. Those are great movies that you just said. But, uh, so, yeah. but you know, I, I mean, Bull Durham, fantastic, can quote all of that. Feel the Dreams, you know, that uh, my dad and I love Feel the Dreams. So a lot of, lot of baseball, Glory Road, college basketball. Yeah, movie. that's a good one. Yeah, from, the, from Disney so, movie about, yeah. Yeah, Texas, Texas Southern, yeah, Texas. I, I want to say Texas Southern, but it, it, it became, it, but U, was it UTSA? I think. That's right, at the time, that's right, that's right. Okay. And it's now, now it's UTSA, I think, or, or one of the, some school. I think Texas it became, a lot U, of really I, think cool it became stuff U, I think it was UTSA, then it became UTEP, I think. UTEP. Yes, it is UTEP. You're absolutely right. So, um, yeah, that like that one growing up, like that was one of my favorites. Yeah. You know, casual sports movies or just like actually really good movies. I'm pretty simple. Good picks. I I mean, yeah, I I was I was curious because we've we've talked sports so much either on just privately or on Discord or wherever. And I, I don't think I'd ever really asked about movie opinions. Last one. It doesn't have to be Detroit, Michigan based. And, and I, I'm not, I don't know if you were going to go with me, but I don't include me here because I, I want to, I want a good answer. <laughs> um, favorite sports content creator on the internet that you just love. Wow. Yeah. So like Chris Castellani's up there for sure. <laughs> Th- thank you. I, pre- I appreciate that. You're a good no. egg. But I really there's, I, I, yeah. there's um there there's definitely a few um so I I think I mean there's honestly there's good I know you said outside of of Detroit Michigan but there's a lot of like yeah if really you want if you good, want to go with somebody from Michigan you're welcome to I'm just saying it it can be anybody. no no for sure there's a lot of good of a good content here man um uh you know everything that that hankel's doing like not on twitter anymore but still like with his company you know and, and hoops yeah. or, or whatever it's called like he's still doing great stuff um shout so out like, producer matt by the way yeah for, oh that's right <laughs> my, 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 totally my, my king yeah <laughs> i totally forgot about that yes yeah no uh shout shout, shout out the hankel's for real um yeah. so that that like nick definitely definitely won um i mean Lions, I know it's my own networks. This this might seem like not genuine, but it is. I mean, Matt Derry is yeah. is a pro. Matt Derry is a is a is a pro's pro. Great, um, great Lions coverage with that. Uh, I mean, there's a plethora of Red Wings, like the Red Wings market as far as content is is plentiful. You know, like Winged Wheel, my like a, my own show, Locked on Tigers. Yeah. Um, Brian and I have a lot of fun. There, there's a lot of cool stuff with that. But but I, I do think that that there is there is a lot of 
in other cities you've been seeing like the big markets you know baseball or new york rather boston like you've been mm-hmm. seeing like big stuff and I, and I feel like detroit has you know an up and coming sports media kind of um i don't know wave uh, like a like a youth movement type of thing where um like you and i obviously have rose up pretty quickly woodward sports has some you know cool mm-hmm. cool content as well like mccarty uh, uh, honestly, you know, I, you know, who's been making me, and I mean, it says a compliment, you know, who's been making me laugh a lot with the Tigers takes is Neil rule. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. He, he reminds me a lot of myself where he's just the, the, he, he, look, I give, I give anyone credit who's holding the Tigers feet to the fire with the way this season. For sure. Oh, Rahelio and Chris Brown and all that. Yeah. They might be my pick for like at the top. That's great. Incredible show, incredible, like videos of all the minor league stuff, like in, incredibly fun uh, content to take in for, for the two of them as well. hundred percent. Last question. We were both CMU attendees, um, attendees in, in quotations. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We were there. We were on campus. <laughs> um, favorite bar at central Michigan, man. Uh, you know, so I have to be careful with my answer because technically I dropped out before I turned 21. It was, uh, it, was it was forever in a day. <laughs> you're, you're exempt. Don't worry. Don't worry about that. Uh, um, I love the bird. That, that was, that was like great. my, my favorite favorite was probably, uh, was probably the bird, but, um, my apartment, my sophomore year, um, was the apartments right next to, um, wayside and and like that that building kelly's baby yeah and o'kelly's right yeah uh when when you and i met for the first time we ended in o'kelly's and that's uh, right yeah that's right right and so that was uh that was a um a, a fixture there for sure as as that was my apartment we would just i was able to just walk next door and be home so like that was super convenient so either okay not so much wayside by like sophomore year because you know wayside but O'Kelly's for sure. But then my favorite one to like go out to was, is definitely the bird. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm with you. Wayside is like not O'Kelly's, but Wayside is kind of like the bar in star Wars where it's like, it's you go to it to say you went there. Correct. I don't know of anyone who's like, I can't wait to have a great night at Wayside. Like right. it's just, you know, it's, you know, it's, it's again, like a, it's a, it's a growing experience. Like you have to have like a really bad experience and a bad story there by the time you graduate, like to, in order to graduate, it's you like, Oh, remember claim, that one night? Yeah. You can't claim to be a CMU student unless you went to wayside at least once and just experienced correct. it. Correct. So, Absolutely. Um, correct. No, that'll do it. I'm not going to take up any more of your time. Cause I know you got your own show to do real quick though, man, plugs, social media stuff, where are you at on Twitter, where your show's at on Twitter, where can we find you? Let us know. Yeah. So my, uh, my personal Twitter is at Bentley Scotty. And honestly, everything I do is, is in the bio of that Twitter. So I have locked on tigers, uh, that, that I took over for by, by yours truly over there. Um, and, uh, so that show every single day, uh, the Twitter for that one is at, uh, locked on tigers i think I th- yeah i think so. but uh, <laughs> you, yeah, you would know it, it, got, um, it, got cla- it got clapped for a minute it did it got cl- under me it got clapped yeah, i don't I remember know that clapped we talked about you. it was that was that was a video issue right like it was a copyright thing yeah it was um it was i tried to log in one day and it said no and i was <laughs> like what do you mean like i'm me like what what are you talking about and apparently 
uh, th- there was a copyright thing. And then on top of that, like uh, some of the higher ups with the network were trying to log on to it because they have access. Obviously, it's their network. Oh, yeah. They have access to the Twitter, too. And Twitter was like, nope, like four people are into this account at once. None of you get it. And then we just oh, okay. didn't have a Twitter for like four months or like a really yeah, no, it, it was a while. It was a while. Then they finally got you back. So. Yeah, so, uh, Pelis- that one. And then I, I do Locked on Red Wings, which is a daily show for the wings. And that's L.O. underscore Red Wings. Um, and then I freelance uh, for the Detroit News and cover the last almost calendar year now. I've been covering high school sports in the metro Detroit area. So uh, I'm currently doing lacrosse and states for high school lacrosse are not this upcoming weekend, but the weekend after. So it'll be a big, uh, big weekend for that, too. I appreciate you being on, man. Appreciate you're, you having uh, me, brother. I know, of course, you're a professional, but you're also a friend. And I, I you know, you're, you're only going to go up from here. So um, keep doing your thing, buddy. And uh, I, I, I think people are going to respond. I think it sounded great. So I'm going to close it out real quick. You can follow me on Twitter at Castellani2014. While you're at it, hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button. Let's get those watch hours up, up, up. We are on Apple Podcasts. We are on Spotify. Rate us, review us, like us. Uh, put all the fixings out on it. Uh, thank you very much to Scott. Thank you very much to, to producer Matt. We will be back here on uh, Friday for our second show of the week, covering a little bit more uh, Detroit sports uh, news and maybe even beyond that. So thank you very much, everybody. Thank you again to Scott for coming on. Have a great rest of your day. Happy Memorial Day. Peace and happiness. 